if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Psalm 121, and we'll read that entire psalm, reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. This is the word of God. I want to share for a few minutes uh, from the thought, how to bear the unbearable. Uh, you should have a bulletin. You'll find an outline in there. I hope you brought something to write with. That will give you an opportunity to interact with us through the message and to revisit it at a later time. I want to begin by telling you a story. I was in a pastoral crisis intervention class in seminary. And there were groups that were put together for a final group project in this pastoral crisis intervention class. And it was going to be a huge project, a very big undertaking. And on this project, the groups were divided up and we each had a particular area that we had to focus on dealing with crisis intervention from a pastoral standpoint. And so there were several different areas. One group had to deal with crisis intervention from the, from the situation dealing with divorce. Uh, someone else had to, to deal, with, deal with it from uh, a situation or a crisis with post-traumatic stress disorder. Another group had, uh, had to deal with it with sexual assault and molestation. Another group had to deal with it from a domestic violence perspective. And so basically we were taking these case studies and there were some things that we had to outline uh, for this final project in this class. And so our crisis was focused on a life-threatening illness. And so we had to take a case study that addressed this particular area of crisis. And there were some things that the professor asked us to map out in this huge project. And I'll just tell them to you quickly. First of all, we had to identify the pastoral crisis care approach or theory that was suitable for the case. We had to identify and address the psychological, interpersonal, and social issues surrounding the crisis. And in case you're taking notes, you don't have to write all this down. <laughs> we had to identify and address key uh, counseling and pastoral care issues that had to be considered. We had to identify and address the theological and spiritual issues in the crisis. And then we had to prescribe an appropriate 
pastoral strategy for the crisis. Now, we had to do all of that. (laughs) It was a massive project. And the group was deliberating about what kind of case we would, you know, whose case or what case we would deal with in this case study to work through this project. And I got to tell you, there were some tough cases that we had to address and deal with. Let me give you an example of one that a classmate shared. Because we were having trouble, we had to figure out which one we were going to hone in on, and we just had so many, and they were all really, really tough. One case, an example of one, it says, a couple who finally got pregnant recently found out that the wife had a mass on her ovary. The pain from the pregnancy led to taking the baby eight weeks early. The baby is healthy, but the doctor found tumors on the mom's ovaries, cervix, kidney, and liver. She had melanoma a few years ago, and it had metastasized, making it stage four. They've given her two years to live. Now that's a sample of tons of cases that we've got to choose from and and write on for this project. Now, from a pastoral standpoint, I got to tell you, just listening to the story, it's overwhelming. (laughs) To think that you have a family that is dealing with this, and then as the pastor, you're called upon to minister to this family, to provide crisis intervention for this family. And so we're thinking about all of this, and, we're, and, and then, you know, as, as seminary students, we're, we're trying to figure out where our limits are at. And somebody said, well, man, that might be a, t- I don't know that we could, maybe let's look at some other ones, right? You're trying to find one that's easy, easier in your own mind. And so we're tossing different things out. And I said, well, maybe I would just toss what I've dealt with with my family out, with Taurus condition. And so someone said, well, tell me about it. You know, tell me about your situation. I said, well, we could do a case study just about an aspect of my life. And, you know, talked about the community activism that I've been involved with, helping fragile families and the homeless. Talked about the, the warming centers that we're doing here in the Tri-County area, that I'm the chairman of that group that committee that helps facilitate that. And they said, okay, well, I don't hear the life-threatening illness part yet. And I said, well, hang on. Well, I also uh, pastor a church that we helped plant several years ago. And in the course of doing that and obeying God, we were rejected by family and by friends who some of them call themselves Christians, although we didn't feel the love. Okay, well, I haven't gotten to the life-threatening part yet, but it sounds like you got a lot going on. Yeah, then we, we have five children. Oh, okay, well, yeah, there's a lot going on with that. Oh, and we homeschool. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, I understand that. And you're in seminary, <laughs> taking all these classes. Wow, that's a lot on your plate. And our youngest son has Down syndrome. Oh, so that's the life-threatening illness? No, no, my wife has rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's syndrome, and fibromyalgia. (laughs) Oh, all of that. Yeah, that's the scenario. (laughs) Is that one that we want to write on since we're just (laughs) looking at all of these cases? And so we're talking and we're having conversations about this. And one of my classmates, and, and she pastors down in Florida, sent an email in response because she said, well, let's consider your case and how we might write this up for the project. 
So talk about some of the things that you feel and some specifically about some of the issues that you're dealing with um, to kind of help us maybe discern whether this is one that we might try to take on for the project. And so I talked about, you know, periods of just being tired, uh, you know, uh, trying to manage community activism, pastoral ministry, you know, family, uh, you know, trying to help my wife out with all the things that, that all the responsibilities that I have, and that I still need to be a good husband and a good father. And, and so I just begin to share all of these things. And the group said, okay, we're kind of getting an idea now of, of, you know, a sense of what you're dealing with and what you're going through. And so in an email, this classmate writes this to me, and I'll, I'll quote this to you. But she writes back, she says, this is in response to all the things that I've communicated. She says, the notion that God doesn't give us more than we can handle is a myth. God will often times give us more than we can handle so we can rely on him. The trials come in all shapes and sizes. For Michael, Trials come in life-threatening diagnoses for his wife and his youngest child having Down syndrome. Suffering comes because we live in a broken world and God will give us more than we can handle. It's during those times we need to look to and rely on God. And then she quotes Psalm 121, 1 through 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I share this story with you as as a backdrop for the two points that I want to make today. And the first one, we've already alluded to it. Number one, God will allow more to come your way than you can handle. God will allow more to come my way and your way than we can handle. Have you ever felt like you've gone through a situation, you're like, man, I, 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 can't, make, I can't handle this. Anybody been there? Or has it just been me? Good, I'm glad to see I'm in good company. <laughs> we've been through things where we've been depressed, where we've been stressed out and we feel like we can't bear it. And there are a lot of people in church, outside of church, that will say things like, God won't put more on you than you can bear. You ever heard people say that before? He won't put more on you than you can bear. Well, when my classmate communicated this thought, I thought, because I'm a pastor, well, I know that. (laughs) I know that I'm going to look to God. But it was amazing because what she said to me was like fresh bread. It was like in the middle of everything I was going through, she said that. She told me something I already knew. But man, that was some fresh bread. Man, with with some butter and a little honey. It was just sweet. It was good. It was warm. It was sweet. It was something I already knew, but she said it to me and it was like, man. And one of the things that I was reminded of 
was the importance of context when you read scripture. Because how many times have you heard someone say, God won't put more on you than you can bear? And, and we say, and we, we, we're good church folks. We, that's right. Yeah, you know, well, God, yeah. And we have to remember context and we have to remember really what the scriptures say. So let's address this issue. Uh, turn over, if you have your Bibles, turn over to, to the book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And verses 13 and 14. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be what? Tempted beyond what you can bear what you're able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it then he tells them you know flee idolatry so does that verse say that god will not allow tragedy and stress and situations that depress us to come upon us that we can't bear? No, it says that God won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Now, that's a big difference. <laughs> With temptation, he provides a way of escape. But how many of us have had to suffer some things and it just, it didn't let up? And you thought, I, can, I can't take this if this doesn't subside <laughs> by this time. And then that time passes and we're still in it. We're still dealing with it. So God doesn't say difficulties won't come our way that we can't handle. And so the psalmist begins by saying, I will look to the hills. For where is my help coming from? My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. <laughs> See, we deal with difficulties, but the victorious life comes through Christ. It comes through Christ's life manifested in us. Turn over one more to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses seven through 11. The apostle Paul says here, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, 
so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So, next point here, God will allow more to be put on you than you can bear, but not more than he can bear. Which means, no matter what we face, in him all things can be born. <laughs> he won't put more on you than you can bear. He will put more on you than you can bear. We've established that, right? So when somebody says he won't put more on you than you can bear, no, <laughs> he will. But not more than he can bear. And so if I'm living for him and allowing his life to be manifested within me, lived out through me by his power, then though I can't bear it, let's pause it for when I'm weak. Yeah. So he won't put more, he will put, allow more to come than I can bear, but not more than he can bear. So in him, all things can be born. <laughs> oh, see, see, they want Bible study. Now I see a hand's going on. We, we want to break over the summer and break into Bible study. Yeah. So you have references here and you've heard these before, but this is important that we remember this because there are things that we face that we cannot bear. And so as Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and 13, you have it there. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Jesus says in John 16 and 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. So you will have tribulation. Life is not just peaches and cream all the time. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why should I? Well, Jesus overcame the world. What's that mean about me? If his life is manifested in me, if I will look to him, I too am an overcomer. You too are an overcomer. Second point is this. You aren't you apart from your connection to Christ because your life is tied to the fellowship the same time that a classmate and I were having this conversation and and I shared that quote with you I was talking with uh, one of the pastors that serves on our board and and uh, was serving as a mentor to me. And we were talking about this and he made that statement. And I said, oh man, not a preach. I, I got to borrow that doc. He says, you aren't you, you, you guys ever seen the Snickers commercial where the person's going crazy and, and, and the person says, hey, calm down here. And then they give them a Snickers and they take a bite. And then the person all of a sudden gets it together. And the caption of the commercial says, you're not you when you're hungry. Grab a Snickers. Now for recording sake, Snickers did not and I'm not endorsing Snickers, although it's my favorite candy bar. They not asked me to say this in the message. Anyway, 
You aren't you. All the things that the Bible says about Christians, about his disciples, these fearless, you know, gung-ho, conquering men and women, overcomers who are taking the kingdom, who are taking the kingdom to the world, who are standing against the wiles of the devil. You are not that person apart from your connection to Christ. Because the power is in the fellowship. See, a lot of people want to quote a lot of scripture and say a whole lot of things about God, but they're not connected to him. And they don't realize just because you know some words in your head doesn't mean it's true about you. And just because you can quote scripture doesn't mean you can live it. And situations will come that will test us to help us see. Am I staying connected? Or am I trying to do this on my own? See, in the passage, it starts out by this, this psalm starts out by mapping out who God is. And I appreciate this psalm so much because Psalm 121 is one of 15 psalms that, that theologians and, and biblical writers call the Psalms of Ascent. Psalm 120, Psalms 120 through 134 are the Psalms of Ascent. Listen to this. This is from a theologian, uh, Willem van Gemeren. He says that the Psalms of Ascent are the songs that were sung in the three annual festival processions as the pilgrims ascended to Jerusalem. So as they made their journey to Jerusalem, they sang these songs of ascent as they're headed up the mountain to Jerusalem. And so as they're making their journey, they're saying, they have all these things on their mind and they're saying, I will look to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This psalm outlines, as we've heard, first of all, that God is the creator of heavens and earth, the heavens and the earth. Then this passage highlights the fact that he is the God of Israel, that he is Yahweh, that he is the God of Israel. And then the passage goes on and it just talks about all the blessings. <laughs> now, remember, this, this is Israel. These are the children of Israel saying these things. The God who is the, the creator of heaven and earth. And he is the God that has chosen us. He will not allow my foot to stumble. He that keeps Israel, he will not slumber nor sleep. So the psalmist begins by saying, this is God. Creator of heaven and earth. This is God who has chosen Israel. He is Israel's guardian. And these are the blessings for his people. So you and I, we're not these fearless, conquering, world-changing people apart from our connection to Christ. So when things come at me and when things come at you that you feel like you can't handle, if we overcome... It's because of him. If we overcome, it's because when we feel the spirit of God leading us to do, we follow, we obey. 
And when the Spirit of God wants to give us something, to, when the Spirit of God wants to work in us, to, 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 to give peace, then we don't dwell on what we're dealing with. We recognize the Spirit of God is working right now. And he's reminding me of who he is and who he can be for me if I'll just rest in him and let him be who he is. If I can let his life be manifested in me, I can make it. You can make it. See, you and I can know scripture. But it is that connection that will make what you know and what you read and what you heard like fresh bread. See, it's funny how you can be in the middle of something and be praying and be distraught and be stressed and feel like there's no way out and feel like you're going to lose your mind. And someone will come to you and speak the scripture to you. And it'll just be like, it was the first time you heard it. It will be like you were in a desert. (laughs) And you were just parched. And someone came with a big old canteen of water. And just say, here, take as much as you like. And as you're drinking that water, you feel it going down your throat. And it's so funny. You know it's not doing everything it needs to do in that moment. But, you know, you just feel like, ooh, this is doing something to me. It's just this is going through me. This is this is working. And and you feel hydrated. You you just taking your mouth from the thing. You're like, whew, now I can go on. It hasn't done everything it's going to do in your body to give it what it needs. But, but right when you take it, it's like it was fresh to you. Just like when my classmate spoke that to me. I knew where my help was coming from. I knew who was keeping me. But just in her saying it, in the moment, in the middle of what I was facing, it was like there was, it was brand new. There was this reassurance. There was this sense of joy. <laughs> That even though I was on a journey and things were tough, that wow, (laughs) I will look to the hill for where my help comes. Where is my help coming? It's coming from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Turn over your Bibles to John chapter 15. A couple more verses and and then I want to close. John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Jesus's words. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, oftentimes, and the interesting thing is, you know, people in the church and people that aren't in the church are all guilty of this at times. (laughs) And I said, man, if I'd have had time and I had some graphic artists, we would have created something and I'd have posted it on the screen. But right as I was reading this, as I was putting this message together, I got a picture in my mind of an apple 
on the ground looking up at an apple tree full of apples. And the apple was saying, and this little bubble would be above his head that would say, I know how to make myself grow. And there would be all kinds of little formulas in there. And he would talk about all these horticultural concepts and photosynthesis and all of these things. And he says, I, can know, I know how I can grow. I have so much knowledge about how I can grow. All the while not realizing he might possess all this knowledge of how he grows, but he ain't connected to the tree. He's on the ground looking up at the tree. And the word of the Lord to us is, is that you can have a whole lot of information. But if you're not connected to the tree, you're on your way out. You could have all that knowledge about what the Bible says, about what other people say, about how we live in this life. But if you're not connected to the tree, you, if you're standing there, I know what I'm supposed to do, and you look it up, but you're not connected. We're dying. Jesus says, apart from being connected to me, you can't do anything. You and I are not who the Bible says we are and who God says we are apart from our connection to him. Because who we are is tied to our fellowship with him. Revelation 12 and 11. It says, and they overcame him, the devil, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony and they did not love their life even when faced with death. We overcome by the blood of the land and some people have great testimonies. But the way they're going to be able to overcome what they're facing is not just that, you know, Jesus died and they got a testimony. It's that they choose not to love their life when Jesus says you must give up your life if you want to receive mine. You must give up your life if you are going to be able to receive what I want to give you so that you can endure what is upon you. Because some things are coming and some things have come, some things will come that we cannot bear by ourselves. See, a lot of people read that and they say, oh, we overcome by the blood of the land and by the word of their testimony. And I can, t I can testify to what the scriptures say <laughs> and not feel <laughs> like an overcomer at all. <laughs> but when I give up my life and receive his life, it's like receiving fresh bread. Matter of fact, Jesus said that. The disciples said, Jesus, you're back now? Man, let's build this thing. You know, the prophets talked about you establishing your kingdom on the throne of David. You've died. You've come back. Man, let's rock this thing. Let's set it up. We're going to rule. <laughs> Who's going to be greatest among us? Jesus says, now, fellas, I've got to leave. And they said, What? And he said, I've got to leave because <laughs> I need to ask the Father to send you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. 
And the Spirit will bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. You ever brought some things to your own remembrance? Ever went and, and you know, you were in a stressful situation, you got your Bible out, you got your phone out, you just started, I, I need to do some, I need to find some scriptures to encourage myself, and you started reading. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke. And it was that fresh bread. And it wasn't that the other scriptures that you read before weren't true. It was just like God said, no, this is the one for you today. <laughs> this is the one for you right now. And it was mm, good. <laughs> so here's the thing. Next blank here. Some of us need to stop pursuing more knowledge about God and start pursuing relationship with God. Because I can know a lot about God and I can know a lot of scripture and still not feel like I have hope in times of despair. So some of us need to start, stop pursuing knowledge about God and start pursuing relationship. And some of us need to stop pursuing information from Christ and start receiving the life of Christ. Through the Holy Spirit. I think it was, I think I heard it on radio one time driving, I think it was uh, Pastor Tony Evans that said one of the reasons that God allows trials in your life is because he wouldn't see you <laughs> and wouldn't get to talk to you if you didn't have them. <laughs> And a lot of us live lives where we don't go to, and talk with Jesus unless we need information. <laughs> I'm dealing with this. How do I get it right? Jesus has the answer. Let me go talk to him. <laughs> and if he was to give us the answer, then we said, thank you, Jesus. I'll see you next time. I need you. I'll see you next time. I got something I'm dealing with and I need an answer. Some of us have got to stop running to him just to get information on how to deal with this and deal with that and recognize that it is the manifested life of Christ that is going to enable us <laughs> to bear the things that we're facing. Because as we've said throughout this message, God will allow things to happen to us. God will direct some things our way that we can't handle, that we can't bear apart from him. But God uses that as a learning time, as a chastising time, as a, a shaping and spiritual life-forming time so that when we surrender to him, we receive what we need. And wow, then, man, then what a testimony you have. <laughs> I don't know who it was that said, you don't have a testimony until you had a test. What a testimony you had after you passed the test by God's grace. So I want to ask you this morning, have you been suffering something that you feel like you can't bear? Apart from Jesus, you can't. Have you dealt with a temptation and you need an escape. The word of God says that God provides it. But we won't know it <laughs> if we're not connected to him. Do you need to receive Jesus, his lordship today? Do you need to surrender your life to him so that he can give you his life in return? If so, we have an opportunity today. And if you know 
that you need to receive the salvation that Jesus has died to obtain for you. I'd invite you just to come and just confess that. That, Lord, I've been living this thing my way, but I need to start doing things your way. You have that opportunity today. If, if you're feeling like I'm dealing with this temptation and I just, I'm going to give in. Scripture tells us that God provides a way of escape. So know that we don't have to give in to the temptation that we're facing. God provides a way. Will you choose to take the way he's provided? And if you've got something on you that you can't bear today, that's life and that's normal. But he can bear it. So in him, through him, you can keep standing. And if you want to ask God to just give you grace and strength to be able to do that today, I invite you to come. Offer yourselves to God. Respond to whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now. That you can stand. That you can be victorious. That the manifested life of Christ will empower you to live the life that was meant for you. Because you're not you apart from it.